0: All right, uh, you are listening to Hour 2 of Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laverge here on the Faith Radio Network. A few quick headlines um, to jump into and to make you aware of before you get out there into the world that God so loves. I want you to be up to speed on what's happening in the world. I want you to be praying the news and always, uh, always, always, always want, uh, want you to be in the Word of God. So where are you in the Word today? If you missed the first hour, we spent uh, some time talking about our growing your faith verse of the day um, and and encourage you to 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 listen uh, to that. And um, I want I really do. I want you to be in the word of God because that's how the word of God gets into you. And that's how then you become equipped to serve as an agent of God's grace and an ambassador of his kingdom as you walk your faith out into the world that he so loves. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you haven't already spent even a moment in the word of God, let me encourage you to do that. Russian troops are leaving Herson. Let's be praying for peace there. Um, The federal court has uh, struck down President Biden's student loan forgiveness uh, plans. So we'll see how that continues to unfold. At least four people have lost their lives following um, the arrival of Hurricane Nicole in Florida. We're going to continue to watch that storm as it moves now, no longer as a hurricane, but continues to move across the southeastern portion of the United States and probably up the East Coast as well um, over the weekend. So we'll be praying for, uh, for flooding inland as well. Election officials are urging patience for the counting um, that continues following Tuesday's national midterm elections. So, patience, please, patience, patience, people. That is uh, the word on the street this morning. Um, Majorities in both the U.S. House and Senate continue to be undecided. There will uh, be a runoff in Georgia's Senate race, but there are still ballots being counted in Alaska, Arizona, and Nevada. So, Um, There are races in those states which are, you know, in the balance, and depending how those work themselves out will determine ultimately the balance of power in both the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House. So right now, the Senate um, is 48 to 49 in favor of Republicans, but it takes, you know, 51 to have a majority. Now, the Democrats have an advantage uh, because they only need to reach 50 in order to have a majority because they have the – you know the support of Vice President Kamala Harris as the person who would disguise, decide any ties. So they really need to get to fifty. So they're two vote, two seats away. Republicans need to get to fifty-one in order to have an outright majority, and so they are also two seats away. So either uh, either the Dems or the Republicans need to have uh, a pickup of two seats of the ones that are outstanding right now. Um, and in the House, as of now, the Dems have a 192. They have 192 seats, Republicans 211. But you need at least 218 to have a majority. And so if I were going to make a guess, we're going to see the GOP, um, the Republicans achieve a very slim takeover in the House with something like a nine vote majority when all of this is said and done. And so patience is in order. Um, and so let's remind ourselves of uh, the, the quality of patience today. It's evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. It's a spiritual fruit that Paul lists in Galatians chapter nine. Um, so let's be reminded that the Holy Spirit helps us when we grow impatient, that we would grow more patient. So let's grow in patience today in a culture of instant gratification. Um, it's a strong testimony, strong testimony today um, if you are going to demonstrate patience to others. All right, Adam Holtz has been patiently waiting for us to bring him on air. He joins us every Friday from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about some headline news related to celebrities and celebrity culture, and what is um, what's happening on the big screen? What's going on in Wakanda? That's right, Wakanda Forever. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, focus on the Family's Adam Holtz from their Plugged In Ministry. You can find him at PluggedIn.com. Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning, Carmen. How are you today?
0: I I, I am well. I am well. There's a there's a movement afoot for us to be on YouTube live, and I've told people that that would require like monogrammed Faith Radio um, robes, so that you know I would still like right mm-hmm. and right. a hat. Probably a hat because my hair is in a ponytail. Uh,
1: Let's let's and let's cut to the chase. Most importantly, monogrammed coffee mugs. Hello. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so let me just go ahead and tell you, let me if you go to Carmen dot com, I have a Shopify now and you can get a coffee with Carmen mug. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I know because so many people want to have coffee with Carmen. I know. I know. So there you go. I know. It's the simple things, right? It's the silly little simple things. It's so fun.
1: I had coffee with you once and it was delightful. So I hope to do Mm -hmm. it again someday.
0: (laughs) Love it. Well, yeah, I'm having coffee with you right now. And I love that.
1: Well, that's Um, true. Yes.
0: So we have been talking about the rise of anti-Semitism with other guests. And we have been talking about the challenges that Jews are facing um, in the culture. And we have a high profile celeb, John Mellencamp, who like finally stepped forward and said, hey, the Jews are my friends. Talk with us about what happened.
1: Yeah, this was at the um, induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, and I didn't know this, but uh, Mellencamp's attorney, uh, Alan Grubman, was being inducted, and and John Mellencamp, of course, some of us knew him first as John Cougar, uh, and then John Cougar Mellencamp with Jack and Diane back in 1982 and such, basically stood up and, and said, look, I'm a Gentile. My life has been enriched by countless Jewish people. I cannot tell you how important it is to speak out if you're an artist against anti Semitism. Now, I will also say that his quote had quite a bit of profanity in it. So I've left some bad words out here. So if you stumble across it online, be aware of that ahead of time. But um, obviously, with what's happened with Kanye West and with uh, basketball player Kyrie Irving. Um, making oh uh, somewhere between just straight on anti-Semitic statements and alluding to conspiracy theories and that sort of thing there has been this growing sense that Jewish people again are under attack in popular culture and are being slurred and are being you know the prejudice against them persists and frankly that has happened from the very beginning of the history of Israel right and so Uh, unfortunately that has not changed, but uh, I too am thankful that we have people like John Mellencamp who are standing up and using their platform and using their influence to just sort of say, knock it off. Don't do that. Uh, let's, let's stop this.
0: Yeah, I appreciated that. So if you're wondering right now, um, yeah, stop it. If you are, um, Saying nasty, negative things about a people group, in particular, we're talking today about the Jews. Stop it! Yeah, you and I are engrafted into that vine, so um, let's uh, let's be appreciative of the heritage of God's people. Talk with us about Kathy Lee Gifford. Um, she uh, she is well known uh, to our audience, and uh, yep. and she has come out recently and said, "Hey, Hollywood is my mission field for Christ."
1: Yeah, uh, and, and that's really. The core of her statement, you may not know that Kathy Lee Gifford is a really outspoken Christian, uh, but she says, quote, every time, excuse me, ever since I entered this industry full time, when I was 17 years old, the Lord was very, very clear with me. And he said, never separate the secular from the spiritual. You live in my world and people will try to say that Hollywood is secular and that it's such a godless world out there. But God is everywhere. Uh, And this was in a conversation with uh, Sadie Robinson Huff uh, of Duck Dynasty fame and her podcast. Whoa, that's a good podcast. That's actually a great title. Um, I like what Kathy's doing here because I think it is um, something we frequently do almost unconsciously as evangelical Christians, is we can separate the world into a sacred and secular dichotomy that may have a perception of being true, but as Kathy said, it, it is all God's world. And God has called some people into a full-time ministry vocation, but every vocation offers an opportunity to be a witness to Christ, to relate to people, to shine his light, whether you're a high-profile celebrity like Kathy Lee Gibbard, or you know, whether you're not. And there's so many other jobs where we can see people by serving, by loving, by being attentive to where God has them, uh, each of us has an opportunity to to really witness and to be a testimony for who Jesus is. And I'm I'm really glad to see her standing up and continuing um, to really be outspoken in this area.
0: We're talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. You can find um, really great content, reviews, um, a blog. Um, their podcast at PluggedIn.com. When we come back, I'm going to ask Adam to give us some recommendations on this Veterans Day about movies appropriate uh, to that subject, and we'll also check in on what's on the Plugged In blog, Five Unexpected Benefits of Gaming. Mm -hmm. Gaming it out next with Adam Holtz. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Gee,
1: I wish I was back in the Army. The Army wasn't really bad at all. Three meals a day, free for which you didn't pay. All
0: right, thank you for all of your input on the text line this morning. Remember, you can text me 877-933-2484. Love to hear from you. Um, Lots of people think that uh, uh, a monogrammed Faith Radio robe and a hat is a great idea for the launch of a YouTube channel where we would just be doing what we're doing now, but we would be doing it on YouTube. (laughs) So thanks for all that. Um, All right. Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Families, Plugged In. Adam, it's Veterans Day. You got any good movies for us to watch?
1: It is Veterans Day. I'm going to do a speed round and I'm going to just, there's tons of war movies out there. So there's there's a lot to choose from. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite war movie. This is just me personally. And that is the 1977 version of Midway. Midway, of course, was a pivotal battle in the Pacific. Uh, and uh, this is the story of how it happened. And this movie, this version, not only does it have an early John Williams soundtrack. So if you're watching it and it feels like Star Wars, there's a reason for that. Um, mm. Pretty much... Everybody in the history of of movies up to that point was in it. Well, men at least, I should say. Charlton Heston, Henry Fonda, James Coburn, Glenn Ford, Hal Holbrook, Robert Mitchum, Robert Wagner, and the list goes on and on and on from there. Uh, just, a, just a terrific war movie. Um, I think more recently, uh, we could talk about Greyhound, which uh, it premiered on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm not sure... I haven't looked to see if it's streaming elsewhere, but this is a Tom Hanks movie. He is Commander Ernest Krauss. He is a strong believer in God, and he has the job of shepherding a convoy across the Atlantic when the German U-boats are out to sink everybody. Uh, and so this is a, it's a terrific movie. Now, I'm going to give one more pair of recommendations that are a little deeper, and I believe both of these are rated R for violence. Um, but Clint Eastwood, a number of years ago, made a pair of movies, Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima, that told the story of the Battle of Iwo Jima, one from the perspective of the Japanese and one from the perspective of the Americans. And um, they're really well done. And they really get at the horror and the, the, the real mindlessness of war mindless is not the best word but just the futility of war uh and we see the men on both sides who are making sacrifices um really really well done and i think clint eastwood's done a ton of war movies over the years but but those two stand out to me if you haven't seen them uh as possibilities and and as always check out our full review of those two movies and greyhound at pluggedin.com
0: Speaking of PluggedIn.com, you have a great blog <laughs> posted right now, um, uh, Five Unexpected Benefits of Gaming. Can you read us in on yeah. this?
1: I, I can. And, and let me say at the outset here, video games sometimes get uh, a totally bad rap in terms of the bad things they do for kids. And there are some fairly significant negative correlations, but there are some good things too, and that's what we talk about here. So they can help you in terms of making decisions because games force you to make decisions quickly. Uh, weirdly enough, a little video game break can improve your productivity by up to 20%, according to one study. Now, that probably doesn't mean you should go play Call of Duty for four hours when you should be working, but uh, a, little, um, a little video game pick-me-up is not... Unlike this is my interpretation, kind of like a midday cup of coffee, you know, kind of wakes your brain up and you can get back on task um, there. it It's shown that memorizing the things that have to do with every game. And if you've ever played today's games, there's a lot to memorize. It can actually help your memory and strangely enough, impulse control. Um, and it also is something that can improve communication skills. And that's because so many of today's games are multiplayer games. And I will testify that my 16-year-old son, especially during COVID, this was his lone outlet to connect with other people. And I listened to them strategizing on how to, okay, we can do this. We can do this. No, we should do this. Uh, And so there is some teamwork involved. Uh, And all of that can result in some stress relief as well. So... Uh, five unexpected benefits of gaming.
0: Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> here of the um, of the scene where um, the Wakandan soldiers are chanting um, the the word, which in Wakanda means hold fast or stand or don't yield an inch. Uh, take us into the world of Wakanda Forever.
1: Well, we should have started here simply because it is so, the plot is so complex, it would take me five or six minutes just to outline it. But the upshot is that the Black Panther has died. His little sister, Shuri, is kind of taking on a new role of leadership in the country. And meanwhile, there is this undersea kingdom uh, who is headed up by a, almost a, a Mayan demigod of sorts, uh, or demigod, excuse me, named Namur. Now, if you're a Marvel fan, you're like, Namur, do you mean Namur? Which is how most people have pronounced it, but they're calling him Namur here. Um, And he at first proposes an alliance with Wakanda because they're the only two sources on Earth of a precious metal called vibranium. Uh, He wants to take over the world. Uh, The Wakandans say, no thanks, we'll pass. And so Namur invades Wakanda. So it's a very It's a really violent movie and that's true of most marvel movies but this one i think there are some scenes where there are innocent people and civilians who are collateral damage i found myself wincing more Mm -hmm. with the violence here than i have in a while now that said this movie has some really terrific things to say about choosing nobility instead of vengeance Uh, Mm -hmm. there's a ton of spiritual content because the wakandans have a tribal african religion that involves ancestor worship and we also see that namur's people have come from essentially uh, an aztec and mayan religion so we hear about one of their gods that has imbued him with power so there's a lot of spiritual stuff here but there's also a bigger conversation about faith and technology and where Mm -hmm. we're placing our faith And are those things mutually exclusive? So a lot going on, and it does a really, really poignant job of paying tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who, of course, was the actor who played Black Panther originally. He died in 2020 from colon cancer, and so they have to deal with that in the story as well.
0: You guys need to read the whole review at PluggedIn.com. Adam, excellent job. Um, It was hard to summarize all of that so quickly, but you did it admirably. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank thank you. you. (laughs) <laughs> Have a great weekend. You hey, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right. Uh, we're having a baby. That's the big announcement. We're having a baby. No, no, no. Not, not Jim and Carmen. We're not having a baby. But we are having a baby. There's a baby coming. December the 25th. So, like, 34 weeks ago would, be, would have been, like, you know, the whole Luke chapter 2 announcement. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've arrived. It's, it's about to arrive. We're, like, at 34 weeks and so we've got uh, 44 days until Christmas. So that's the due date. There's a baby coming. How are you preparing your heart and mind? Like, what's your big plan? Um, Ruth Jo Simons is going to join us next. we She's going to talk about Emmanuel. It's an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. We're going to talk about how they prepare as a family during the season of Advent. There's a baby coming, people. Let's get ready. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Well, the holiday season is fast approaching, and so we thought it would be fun to check in with our friend, Ruth Cho Simons. Um she's got a brand new devotional book coming out. It's called Emmanuel and it's an invitation really um into Advent in a very very different way, much more expansive than just the 25 days that we tend to think about in anticipation of Christmas. Ruth, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
2: Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. It's lovely to be here.
0: Yeah, so let's um let's do this. Let's start with um maybe what was Christmas-like in your home growing up? And what are some of the favorite things that you um, and your family, I mean, you know, six boys, are there some favorite Christmas things that go on at your house?
2: Well, let me start by saying um, I was born in Taiwan and came to the United States when I was almost four. My parents were immigrants and we actually did not know how to celebrate Christmas for a long time. So my childhood, my upbringing, um, Previous to becoming a believer, I really just thought it was about stuff and it was about all the decor and the lights. And so um, I didn't have a whole lot of traditions as I was growing up. But then once I became a mama, I thought, oh, my goodness, I really want to form some of these beautiful um rhythms and traditions in our home, but why did it feel like every single year I was trying something wonderful, but it would just fall apart in the midst of the craziness of having six young boys and wanting everything to be perfect and beautiful, and somehow Christmas regularly left me feeling a little bit um, disappointed or empty, even when I tried a lot of wonderful things. I mean, we we definitely have had our favorite recipes. We definitely have had our parties and, and um, Uh, home, um, open house parties, and we love little traditions like the boys drawing each other's names and being Secret Santa to each other, so we do have fun little things like that, but overall um, I think the Christmas season has oftentimes left me feeling really worn out. And, and that's the most truthful answer I can give you is that, you mm-hmm. know, it hasn't always been easy because my oldest is 20 and my youngest is nine. And so honestly, the last decade and a half of my life, I've just been trying to keep everybody alive during mm-hmm. the holiday season, right? Because there's so <laughs> many young ones and all their expectations, my expectations, the whole nine yards.
0: Well, I I want to talk about the word expectations because actually on day one of Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always, um, which is the extended title. um, But on day one, you talk about uh, moving from expectations to expectant. Talk about the difference in those two words.
2: Yeah, I think when you have expectations, um, you're at the center of it. You feel like everybody's here to please you know, everyone's here to please me. I need everybody to like think through what will make me happiest and how I need everything to go perfectly for me. And I don't think those are things that we say out loud, but we feel we walk around with a sense of, I just want to feel love and peace and joy. And this is the only way to get it. But I think if we start the season off expectant, that's really what Advent means is like anticipation and Expectancy. And, and to really realign our hearts with what is it that we're actually going to feel expectant of, well, then we realize that what we're anticipating, expectant of is actually something only God can provide. Other people can't do that for us. You know, we can't, all the expectations for it to go beautifully or to have people, um, just the right presence, have the right celebrations, to not feel rushed, all those things, um, those are things that we might put uh, as expectations on somebody else. But when we're expectant, then we suddenly shift our mindset and shift our hearts to realizing that everything that we long for has already been provided and given through our Savior. And we can actually turn our hearts to yearning for something that um, He will and has already provided.
0: Mm. One of the things I appreciate about, um, about this Advent offering, Emmanuel, um, is your invitation for us to consider Christmas carols and Christmas songs each and every day in addition to a Christmas prayer. And um, so you've just brought to mind, come thou long expected Jesus, born mm-hmm. to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Um, one of the things that uh, that I appreciate about what you 're doing here is you 're inviting us into a daily rhythm um, of really of personal reflection and worship, getting me in the right posture sort of outside of the hustle and bustle of the of the Christmas season, and rightly where I need to be before the manger throne
2: yes, and that 's my prayer really, Carmen, because I think we we kind of come into an Advent season sometimes thinking, okay, now we've turned the page to this, this time of year, and now suddenly we're supposed to have this joyful heart. We're supposed to feel celebratory. Family relationships should suddenly feel really warm and wonderful, and we forget that the real work is that we actually have to prepare Him room in our hearts and that the real work is that we actually have to think about what is my heart posture as I enter in the season because somehow sometimes we make such a... Um, celebration of the holiday itself rather than actually celebrating and remembering all that Christ has done as Emmanuel God with us and that doesn't end that does not end on December 25th right um that goes on and on that promise
0: yeah i appreciate this um this emphasis on christmas being only the beginning one of the things that you know you you emphasize and talk about here is that without the cross, the baby in the manger is just sort of this novel, fascinating thing, but certainly not life-changing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I really genuinely appreciate how you're inviting us into a life change um, as we kneel before the the manger throne and and take into account the connection of the incarnation to the resurrection. So, the book is Emmanuel an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always uh it is a devotional but um i think it's a little bit more than that this is a um this is going to lead you into a life-changing experience a very fresh look at advent um if you are interested in entering the drawing for the copies that we have to give away today we'd love for you to do that you just text the word book to 877933 2484. We're going to continue our conversation with Ruth Joe Simons in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Susie
1: Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Suzy Larson Live at
0: MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Yeah. Continuing our conversation, if you're just tuning in with us, we are uh, talking with Ruth Jo Simons about her brand new book, Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. And yes, we're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877 2484 to enter that drawing. Um, Ruth, at the um, at the beginning you, uh, of this book, you you write many of us lack the eager anticipation that we once knew in our youth when it comes to Christmas time. Um, t- talk with us about you know how it's changed for you personally mm-hmm. in terms of the anticipation, the joyful anticipation you now experience again, afresh, anew, um, with this sort of renewed sense of what's happening at Christmas and how that changes everything.
2: Yeah. You know, I think you can't really identify why you're disappointed unless you really do some self-analysis and really assess what you're putting your hope in. And all the years that I struggled with having that joyful attitude or feeling excited about the season, I could trace that always back to a sense of perfectionism or expectations or feeling like, oh, it's so much work and I won't be appreciated or whatever it is that will bring me down. And, you know, if you know my work at all, you know that I love this word striving because that's really been a long history in my life, striving, anxiously trying to make things go together so that um, you can get something that you think you need, that you maybe don't trust God for. And I think I spent a lot of time treating the holiday season, even with a striving attitude. And so the difference here, and, you know, I'm a work in progress, but certainly this book represents season after season of realizing that I'm only going to have the joy of God's presence in my life or in my kid's life or in my home if we shift our mindset to not make such put such hope in this one holiday, this one celebration, these 25 days that we got to get it right somehow, that peace and joy and his presence with us, that's actually available to us. It doesn't end when the Advent season is over. And I think it helps us not have such a scarcity mentality where we're so fearful that we're not going to get it right these 25 days, um, where this Advent season um, technically starts before December 1, but but that we won't be so fearful that we will somehow mess it up and we'll miss out, but that we can say, wow, this is a good time for me to reorient my heart to something that is true all year round. And what a joy it is for me to Yes, make the cookies that I love to make or to have the parties that I want to have or to celebrate with decor and gifts under the tree if that's how I want to celebrate it. But that's ultimately not what it's about. And I don't need to just say Jesus is the reason for the season. I can actually choose to look at what's going on in my heart. What am I actually longing for and shift it back to realizing that Jesus is actually what I'm longing for and he's already here.
0: So you take us to day eleven. I mean, when you say, you know, if Jesus is the reason for the season, um, you know, that's a that's a day eleven quote from the book Emmanuel. I also think, uh, you know, we see it on little signs outside people's houses. You're right. really challenging us to um, to expand on that. Like, if Jesus is the reason for the season, then um, then there's something going on here, at, you know, about this Lord who becomes Savior. Who's not going to stay in a manger, but came to die upon a cross. There is an intimate connection throughout, um, you know, throughout this book on the, on the cross and then the resurrection. And so, um, I want, I want folks to know that because there's, this is a very comprehensive approach to the conversation about the first advent of Jesus. Um, and then this anticipation that we live in now for his second advent, his second coming. Um, we're talking with Ruth Joe Simons. We're talking about Emmanuel. Uh, it is a devotional book. It's an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas. And always, we're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877 to 2484 to um, enter that drawing. Um, Ruth, I'm wondering if you've got some practical ways, some practical advice for us, um, you know, that we could make this, Season, particularly the month of December. I mean, for me, you know, it's going to like start the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, right. you know, less about sort of hustle and bustle and more about Jesus. You got some practical ideas for us?
2: Well, first of all, I think it, it goes without saying that we just need fewer distractions in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to say, well, you just need more of such and such if you don't have less of such and such. I mean, the <laughs> truth is to prepare room in our hearts for Christ and thinking on a manual actually means that we have to have fewer thoughts about other things that are constantly going in our minds. And so the most practical tip I would start with is maybe make this a season where you say, I really will turn my phone off at a certain time every day. And the Mm. emails can wait, the notifications can wait. I think that's a good practice all year round. But I think especially in this season, we can't expect to be less stressed out and have fewer distractions if we're constantly bombarded with how everyone else is celebrating, all the sales that are going on, how everybody else is changing up their decor this year. You know, I think it's really helpful for us to say, I'm really gonna limit some of my, the, some of the input so that I can make room in my heart, in my home for what matters most. So that's one practical thing is maybe decide for yourself um, what that window is that you really wanna be online Secondly, I just think that um, we underestimate a good conversation. And in our home, more than being rigid about, well, we got to do, you know, this, even though I did write a 25-day devotional journey, there's no formula to this. It doesn't mean that you have to do it at a certain time of day. If you don't get through it in 25 days, let it carry you into January if you want to. You know, there's no, the, the, the story of Christ coming to be our savior will never get old. It doesn't have to end on December 25th. So I think it helps us to remember that, um, make room for gathering. Maybe it means that you just linger a little bit longer at your dinner table and rather than everybody rushing off to get things done, say, Hey, all month long, we're going to just, um, everybody's responsible. If you have a family, if you have kids, maybe just saying somebody come up with a dessert, Menu, And we're going to rotate through the desserts and you get to prepare one. And we're going to sit around the table and enjoy that dessert and have some conversation after dinner. I think we underestimate how much progress we make when we just make time, even if it's 15 minutes, to have a conversation about what we're struggling with, maybe to read this book together, but also just to say, where are we at? Let's have a check in about what the season makes us feel, where we're struggling and what um, we long for going into the new year.
0: So I have a friend who um, started this practice now that her kids are teenagers. She started this mm-hmm. practice of pulling out um, the high chair from the attic and setting it at the table during the season of Advent. And then, For real? Um, I love it. And then and then pulling out their, um their baby books. And, you know, she, she spent time, the, the first child, I mean, she like admits like that baby book is like completely full. And then as, as other babies came along, like there's less and less and less and less and less, but, um but sure. they do at least like talk about each one's like birth announcement. And then she, you know, she draws that parallel to these announcements of the coming of, um, of the Christ child. And she talks about, you know, her own experience of Um, of feeling them in her womb. Um, And and they have those kinds of conversations. And I do think that's a way to help connect the story, um, you know, in our families and, you know, at the right age and stage of our kids. I think things like that are pretty cool to do. So, Um, Ruth, um, maybe uh, tell us, uh, because you've got boys who are now like nine to 20. What Uh are boys? What's on the um, I want for Christmas list this year for boys?
2: Oh my goodness. They're always big things now, right? They're, and there are things, things yeah. that it's I crazy. can't, right? It's everything from um, mountain biking gear to, <laughs> I think we had to do a combined gift of a dirt bike a couple of years ago, because it's such a big gift that we had to say, well, this is a gift for, for both everybody. people, you know, right? Yeah, and, yeah and so it's good. because they're, they're huge things now and they're not into little things. They're, they're wanting to expand and grow. And it might be that somebody wants a, um, a DSLR camera this year, you know, because they're trying to work on their photography skills. You know, those are the kinds of things that we're now saving up for, but you know, what is really special is they're also, they also really value gifts of experience and mm-hmm. opportunities to adventure. So sometimes it's a gift of, um, pottery classes, like doing um, clay work. And we actually purchased a gift card one time for one of our sons to go take eight weeks of um, pottery courses. Um, But also sometimes it's about vacationing and saying, we're going to go take an adventure together. This is part of our Christmas gift is to have an adventure um, that's out of the norm. And so I think as we train, I think our appetites can be trained in terms of gifting and what is special. If the appetite is trained that it's always an iPhone, we'll never think outside of that. Right. But if we mm-hmm. say, Hey, what is so valuable and what's so special is that this is a gift that's going to keep on gifting. I mean, keep on giving because it's a, maybe a musical instrument or it's a photography that will bless everybody, or it might be a drone because it's going to help you take your um, skills to the next level and you're going to use it for work. Or if it's an adventure and say, wow, this is a gift where as we go together as a family Will remember this for a lifetime, and so those are the kinds of things I've got my eyes my eye on for this Christmas. I
0: I love that. I love that. That is so great, Ruth. What a delight to talk with you again. Um, we always anticipate our next conversation with you. Yay. So this has been a delight, Ruth Jo Simons. Um, you can find her online. You know her; she's a best-selling author and a talented artist. Um, you can uh, you can find her. I'm going to send people to Graceland. Is that where I'm? Is that your Grace Laced? Yeah. Is that the preferred Grace- place to send people?
2: please. Gracelace.com is where you can find my work. And I'm happy to connect through daily interactions at Ruth Joe Simons on Instagram. So thank I you so that. much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We are giving away books today. So if you want to enter the drawing for a copy of Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Music for the Friday Farm Report. Friday, Friday, Friday. I was uh, reminded recently um, about a uh, a Paul Harvey um, message delivered. I mean, this would be a number of years ago now. I don't know. It's a, a long time ago. Um, but on the topic of God made a farmer, and so uh, I don't know. You know, like right. If you are a farmer, if you're growing your own, if you're sowing the seed, if you're, I am so grateful and thankful for you today. Um, here on the LaBerge farm, which I was asked yesterday, hey, do you live on a ranch? No, I don't, I don't like, I think the specifications for ranch are really broad, like lots of land, lots and lots and lots of land. Um, and that you're not like tinkering around with an orchard and a little garden and a greenhouse and some chickens and a couple of cows every once in a while. Um, No, no. I think a ranch is a totally different thing. So, no, it's a farm, not a ranch. Uh, Let's see what's going on uh, on the farm right now. The rodent eradication continues. It's awful and terrible and continues. Um, We are under a freeze warning. Hey, Paul, phenomenological winter has arrived yes. phenomenologically winter has arrived right uh, you you made a differentiation with me about three different kinds of winter well okay Most astronomical people... meteorological and phenomenological I... I know those three words what's the difference okay well astronomical that's we usually tie the start astronomically of winter with the winter solstice around the 21st of mm. december mm. meteorologists mm. will say no winter starts the 1st day of december meteorologically mm. speaking that's the start of winter phenomenologically from what we feel the first time you get that little snowflake on the uh, on the indicator of the weather uh, that would put us in october (gasps) no 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 (sighs) here in the twin cities anyway i mean Mm -hmm. but when it really starts settling in like it likely will now because we're looking here in the twin cities at highs of only in the low 30s today yeah Yeah, i think we're there. Phenomenologically, it's winter when you feel it in your bones. There you go. go. That's my, uh, yeah, well, phenomenologically, uh, winter uh, has arrived in the the lower 48. Um, All right, uh, head out today and uh, love people up good on this Veterans Day. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio.